Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The 2022 Australian Open is finally showing signs of its traditional Happy Slam nickname. And we are more than happy to get you ready for day four. Coming up, a complete day three recap with the best points, hottest shots, and most interesting moments from the press room. It's way past my bedtime right now, so... Uh... Plus, it's been worth the wait for rising American Jesse Pagula, who tells Kamau Murray about her recent success. And we break down the raucous overnight showdown between top seed Daniil Medvedev and Aussie Nick Kyrgios. All those stories and more over the next two hours on this Australian Open edition of Tennis Channel Live. It is day four of the Australian Open. Welcome to TC Live presented by Geico. Our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. Find out who is still undefeated this year and which major champions are going back and forth on Twitter. Here's what's in store today. Some great matchups. Alize Cornet, Garbina Muguruza meeting for the fifth time. Arena Sabalenka fixed some of those serving woes in the last round. We got a couple Aussies in action, including arguably the match of the day between Nick Kyrgios and Daniil Medvedev, plus Simona Halep on the way as well. With that, we welcome you back into our studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman, back with my friends, the Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova, Hall of Famer Lindsey Davenport from 60 Minutes and Sports Illustrated, John Wertheim. A lot to get to today. We've got some highlights from yesterday, some big matches to preview. But, Lindsey, what's the biggest thing on your mind entering day four? Yeah, I was so struck yesterday with watching some of those second-round matches, particularly with Madison Keys and Amanda Anasimova, two players who we've talked so much about the last few years, had so much hope for. But it was tough watching them compete in 2021. Both players looked very unhappy. They looked very unconfident when they were playing. Um, but I don't know what happened in the offseason for both of them. But whatever it is, it, it's been remarkable because they look like two different players playing. Women's tennis is better when these two are playing well and they're confident and they're winning matches. And both of them have looked sensational throughout this start of the year so far at the Australian Open. And both of them, long shots still, but with a real chance to go far in the Australian Open. Absolutely. Both on seven match win streaks right now. Uh, John, what are you thinking about? How about uh, this guy? You know, with the same persistence that uh, describes him, I'm going to talk about Rafa Nadal again. I feel like this is a scandalously underrated topic. That Here's a guy, he's the only person in the men's draw who's won this event. His two rivals aren't there. And he has not dropped a set this season. Rafa Nadal was 15 sets away from becoming the all-time majors leader. And as much as we've talked about so many storylines, I feel like we have potential history at our doorstep. Still five rounds to go, but... Rafa Nadal could very well take over this lead and then 
the French Open is the next tournament on the calendar. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe we don't talk about history that much when we don't think it's going to happen, but I think we need to start thinking that because Rafa Nadal, he's healthy, even though he hadn't played. I would like to know about his mental state because he must re recognize he's at the end of his career. He won't have this many great opportunities, French Open being one every year. But this Aussie Open has really opened up for him. And being faster, I think it could actually play into his strength. So he's got to be feeling the pressure. But what a nice opportunity for him. Doesn't look like he's feeling the pressure, Lens. No, and that's what's been so great to see. I mean, we've missed Rafa. He's only played seven events the last two years. We weren't sure if he was going to make it to Australia after testing positive for COVID on December 20th. But everyone's so happy when he put on social media that picture of him yeah. on Rod Laver Arena a couple weeks back practicing. He's been in Melbourne now, what, three weeks or so. Mm. Um, he's looked happy. He's looked relaxed. And uh, we're all uh, happy to have a positive storyline after yeah. what happened the week before. Yeah, and like John said, 15 sets away from major number 21. Of course, Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, not there. Right. But we hope to see Roger back on court soon. And he's already in demand as a coach. How about this? Matteo Berrettini said recently to the Italian press, my dream is to have Federer on my team as a tutor, Martina. Is it tutor or tutor with a D? Because <laughs> Roger is royalty, right? But yeah, what a, what a, what an addition that would be. I, one can dream. You know, you can always yeah. ask. And worst thing, worst thing that happens is, is a no. But what a team that would be. He's got the uh, got the pasta tie-in already to Roger Federer. But <laughs> uh, wait, wait, I got one for you guys. So Nick Curios also came out yesterday and said he wants to play doubles. Now he's friends with Novak Djokovic. Maybe Novak wants to play doubles. What is higher likelihood? Berrettini, Federer, student tutor combo, or Djokovic, Curios, doubles team? Djokovic, doubles. Curios. Yeah. Doubles. You don't know, sure. think Rogers uh, can be feeding yeah. balls? Bend your knees, Mateo. I you just know. think the doubles. <laughs> no, he said tutor, not Ball? a coach. Um, it okay. would be, I think, like more mental. But still, yeah, I think uh, Novak can, uh, who knows? They could play doubles together. It'll that could fun. happen this year. I, I would love to tickets. see that. They would sell some tickets. Yeah. I mean, we saw Nick play with Steph. I mean, Nick Men's Fences. And, and now he's, you know. Wow. Okay. The diplomatic. Nick Men's Fences. He does. He does. <laughs> they couldn't have been further apart. Now they might play doubles together. Okay. By the way, we're going to have Matteo Berrettini's better half, Isla Tomjanovic, coming up later on TC Live. We will check in with the star of My Tennis Life. Here is what else is coming up on the big show. All of the highlights, all of the interviews with the stars, plus Kamal Murray chats with Jessica Pakula on the Tennis.com podcast. And you will not believe our hot shot of the day. It could be the hot shot of the entire year. Well, Naomi Osaka is looking for her third Aussie title in four years. But see which superstars could stand in her way. Don't go anywhere. TC Live at the Australian Open is presented by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve back on TC Live, presented by Geico. Taking a look at our daily schedule, the four of us with you every single day for two hours from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. See the live tennis on ESPN+. And then Anacone and Haber have you covered with the encore coverage at 7 a.m. Eastern. Well, John talked about it. The biggest story under the radar in Melbourne, Rafa Nadal going for tennis history. Uh, the Australian Open, the only Grand Slam that Nadal has won only once. That was back in 2009. Nadal looking to become the second man in the Open era and only the fourth man in history to win each of the four major titles twice. Round two against former USC Trojan Yannick Humphman. Nadal has spent 852 consecutive weeks in the top ten, so 148 more needed to catch our Martina. <laughs> what do you think of this match, well, Martina? As Lindsay likes to say, you don't win the major in the first three, but you could lose it. And Rafa's doing great because he won six straight sets. Has been it's been really batting practice for him. The only thing where he could have improved, gotten more first serves in. And also break point opportunities. It was only 4 of 16, so this match could have been actually easier than it ended up being. But overall, really great marks for Rafa. Moving great. Look at that. He kind of loves you to sleep with the loopy forehand, and then he rips 100 miles an hour down the line. Uh, Hoffman did everything he could, but he just couldn't bother Rafa with anything. Look at the angle he gets on that back end. And uh, at the end, just a you know, run-of-the-mill match. Two, three, and four. Hoffman. Sorry, hang on. Rafa looking good. Ho-hum. Now 5-0 and on the season, isn't it all? Winning today allow me to practice again tomorrow, to be ready for, for another match. And after two matches, uh, it's the moment to make a step forward, no? if not going to be impossible. And I'm going to try. No? I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited about the fact that I'm going to be playing in a third round for one more time here. Uh, after all the things that I'm going through, I, I don't have uh, big pressure on my shoulders. Honestly, I don't feel it. Uh, the pressure is only uh, to stay healthy and to to enjoy the the fact that I am competing again, and then uh, give my best. Martini says no pressure. <laughs> Doesn't feel any pressure. <laughs> so something stuck in there. <laughs> okay. I think it's a sandbag. Right. Uh, he's always in sandbagging, but he yeah. knows he's got a great opportunity, and uh, and he's living it up. And there's Karatsev Monterey. I think he gets by Kachanov. He's beaten him uh, four times, I believe. Seven times. Yeah. Sixteen Seven and one times. in sets. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So even more. And uh, Karatsev, big hitter, but Rafa can handle that. So he must like the draw. Then Zverev is on the yeah. end. That's going to be the tough one in the quarters if they goes that far. Yeah, Hatchinoff, the first top 50 guy that Rafa will meet all season. I mean, is there anything you see that Rafa needs to improve, or what do you like so far? The level of competition, truly, Mm -hmm. as you said, Hatchinoff would be the first top 50 player, and those are the next steps for Rafa. He has to feel good with where his game's at, how he's played so far this year after not playing since last July, but then you've got to step it up, and you don't want to all of a sudden get to the quarterfinal and play Sasha Zverev at that level. You want to work your way into it, so it's going to be a great test for Rafa in the next round. He's going to have to step it up. He knows it. He doesn't take anybody for granted, but he knows he's got to just keep on improving day in and day out if he's going to get to 21. I was texting with his team over the weekend, and they said, look, he's come back from injury so many times he's lost count, but this foot injury was different. This really spooked him. So he's very happy to be back out there. He's won all 12 sets he's played so far. Not a top 50 opponent. He'll get one 
in the next round. I also think that just he seems so comfortable. We didn't show I mean, he was on court with Jim Courier after the match for almost as long as a set. And I think he's really sort of a break. You know, he's, he's going to be 36 years old. And I think if he's the elder statesman, Novak Djokovic isn't here. I think Nadal recognizes tennis needs a bit of good publicity coming out of this uh, these last two weeks. I, I think he's really in a comfortable place. We'll yep. see what happens when the player on the other side of the net is of a mm. higher caliber. To be fair, who wouldn't want to hang out with Jim for as long as he possibly <laughs> Did could? Did you hear what he told him? He I think Jim asked him, like, well, what are you going to do when you retire? He goes, I don't know, whatever you're doing, because you look right. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Our own Jim. He's going to come work for Tennis Channel. You know That's Jim it. was blushing on that. Rafa, you're, wel- you're welcome to, to join the family. Come on in. Uh, on the women's side, Naomi Osaka looking for a third Aussie title in four years, playing American Madison Brangle yesterday, Lindsay. Brangle had four times the winners she had in her first match. Which was one winner to get through to round two, but... I think this was a perfect match for Osaka. The first set, she had time. She was aggressive. Like the way she's been moving. She's using her serve well. She loves this court. And this is one of her favorite places to play. A lot of credit to Madison Brangle, who kept fighting and kept trying to find solutions. This was a nice moment when she got on the board. Got a little confident because it was in the next game, Steve. She hit her first winner of this match. This is a player who's been through a lot in her career. She's a very cagey player. Interesting. Osaka. <laughs> I can handle that. But uh, honestly, Brangle made this a good match. She ended up getting up a break in that second set. Osaka was tested a bit, and she came through, won the last three games. But if you're on Team Osaka, you have to love how she's looked so far this year. She hadn't, she didn't play much at all last year. She's fit. Most importantly, she's motivated and happy. That spells danger for the rest of the field. Fifteenth yeah. straight win in Melbourne. Thirty-seven winners, eight aces. Naomi Osaka talked about her mindset after. I think for me, it's like reminding myself that the challenges are fun. Um, because you can, of course, win a match really easily. But I found, like, last year when it was getting really tough, I found myself to be quite aggravated. Um, and I, I think that it should be the opposite. Like, when the times get tough, you should find yourself smiling more because you know that those situations are the ones that make you um, tougher and stronger. So I, I would say, like, changes in mindset like that, well, Osaka could face top seed Ash Barty in the fourth round. John, after dropping one game in her first match, she only lost two in this one. Yeah, her, her level dropped 50%, you might say. Uh, no, this was all Barty all the time and just zero drama. She has now lost three games in four sets. That's the way to kick off a tournament, especially when it's a tournament you haven't won before, when you're the number one seed, when there's a lot of pressure. Ash Barty was down a set and a break. In Adelaide against Coco Goff two weeks ago. You know what? She hasn't been broken since. Five matches without being broken. That is an, I'd say, underrated serve of Ash Barty. She really got things done. She's going to get a step up of competition in her next match. But, boy, you couldn't imagine a better way to start a tournament again. Last year ended in such disappointment at this event. We've talked before about all the pressure she's under as the, the top seed and the first player in more than 40 years Australian to win this event. But boy, through four sets, she has looked just terrific. One and one. Faster than her first round. Just 52 minutes on the court for the Aussie. She'll get Camilla Georgie next. They played a three-setter in Melbourne four years ago. Osaka gets that recharged. Amanda Anasimova, who is undefeated so far this year. Martina, how do you evaluate 
Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka through two rounds. They're both playing great, but uh, Barty just looks really relaxed. I love her shot selection. She knows she can hit this forehand all day long. And when, when she gets a shorter one, then she rips. She just finds her shot selection is exquisite, and she just looks so confident. She's moving well. It's hard to find an opening against her. She looks great. Uh, she's one of the few players that actually thinks a shot or two ahead. If I hit this shot, what am I most likely going to get next? So many players are just single-minded out there, but she really is the complete package. Every part of her game she's good at. Best all-around player in women's tennis. John, who underrates her serve? I you would say, say, you somebody, said the I, 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 credit, I credit David Lawson. David Lawson, you know, take Serena out of the equation. Is this the best serve in women's tennis, Ash Barty? Most effective. Most effective. I would say yeah. so, too. I, mean, I don't know anybody. if we necessarily think of that. Really? I mean, is, is, is there, I'll go even further. Is there a bigger weapon in women's tennis than Ash Barty's serve? I would say Osaka's serve. Osaka's serve, when, Osaka when it's serve but... Barty, I think it's all the pieces together. No right. one slices a backhand so like Barty right. either. No one can come to net and finish points like Barty as well. I think the serve could, should be judged not just by aces, but a percentage of points won on your first serve and then also a percentage yep. won on the second serve. How, can, how well can you back it up? People say ace, 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 but if mm. you don't get serve aces, now what? But she, she doesn't have to serve aces. Right. Or look at her, her statistics. How many times did she get serve plus forehand? Yeah. That's plus her right. goal. Serve Everything, right. exactly. Every time she goes to the line, that's what she's looking to accomplish. I'd right. say she's doing it so far this tournament over 80% of the time. Yeah. No so doubt. We're all looking forward to this potential yeah. fourth rounder. I think Anna Samova has a real shot, but I also think keep, keep an eye on this Camilla Georgie match. I think Barty wins. We talk about contrast sometimes, and it, it's tall versus big, and it's veterans versus youngsters. We talk about margin built into game, and we talk about weapons with Ash Barty. That contrasts with the way Camilla <laughs> Georgie approaches her tennis. Keep an eye on that when they play. Uh, Barty said herself, I just have to realize it's not on my terms against Camilla Georgie yep. some of the times. Right. Uh, don't forget about Paula Bedosa, though, on the women's side. The Spaniard has been absolutely crushing it. Lindsay. She is looking really good. She really does, uh, does, especially considering where she was last year. This tournament would have so much mental scar tissue for Bedosa. Had 21 days locked up before she played a match and lost. Her game continues to improve. She's really learned how to control matches with her power, stepping in more than she was a year ago, finishing points with aggressive baseline. She's getting more and more tape on her body. We never like to see that, but... It doesn't seem to be an issue with her. She's been moving great. She's been picking her Ooh. shots well. It's, I, I'm looking for, we keep talking about Osaka and Barty. Yeah. How about Keys and Bedosa yes. possibly in the round of 16? Both of them are playing excellent tennis so far. They still have a match to win to get there, but keep your eye on that one also. Makes sense. She was born in New York. Already two bagels in two <laughs> rounds at the Australian Open. Back to the men, Martina. Gael Monfils has been virtually untouchable so far. No issues with Alexander Bublik. Boy, I tell you, he's playing such great tennis, so consistent. And he throws in yeah. that. No problem. I can run that down. But and draws an error. Mr. Consistency, 34 winners, nine unforced errors. I wish he had met Svitolina like 10 years ago. Because <laughs> she's really rubbed up on him. Well, he's more consistent. He is more focused. And then he never hit the bat forehead. Now he's going for his shots as well. I love the way he's playing. This court rewards speed. And pace, and he's got both going on. So, really, a, a, a very comfortable match with Bublik, who is dangerous. Bublik throws in an underhander there, but uh, Monfils on top of that one. When you do that, it needs to be a short serve. So Bublik, that was deep, oh and, and, uh, and got right on top of it. it. Needs to be between the legs, Marty, like Kyrgios, right? No, yeah. we already voted on that, Steve. <laughs>
Gael Monfils into the third round for the 11th time at the Australian Open. He gets Christian Garin next. Meantime, the three seed, Alexander Zverev, also in top form. John hasn't dropped a set and looked really sharp against John Millman. He looked terrific, looked very sharp, shorts notwithstanding. Look at the nice <laughs> touch from the big guy. This is a player who, against Millman, the only time they played before, went five sets. It was on clay. It was a real grinder. We talk about evolution of players. Look at time of match and look at getting business taken care of. Millman, a, a tough competitor, a guy that's going to make you fight. Look at this. Here's some more touch of a different variety. Martina can respect the top spin lob from the big guy. Just not a lot of drama in this match. Breaks in every set. Served well, took care of business. He gets a qualifier in his next round. Things are looking very good for Zverev, and this is just a, a routine win, which has not always been the case for him first week of majors. This is a really evolved player, 4-4-0. It was interesting. He said after this match, hopefully I can hit it even harder in the next match, and then the next match, and then even harder against Rafa. He said that. So he's still a couple matches away from the quarters, but he's already thinking about Nadal. Well, uh... Maybe too much confidence. You need to take your time. But you have to plan ahead as well. And he doesn't. He has been hitting it harder off the ground. He's been hitting it serve harder. But he also softened his hands around the net. He's got really nice touch. So he's becoming a better complete player. If you want a manifestation of confidence, did, did you guys happen to – can we get that? Can we happen to see what he wore to the press conference after the match? That is a it's like his cross-country high school jersey. with self-belief. Uh, the, the, gold jer- <laughs> the gold sleeveless jersey and the multiple gold chains, that is not someone who lacks self-confidence. Past midnight. Right? <laughs> He's, He's going clubbing. He's going clubbing. He's comfortable. He's, He's comfortable. going to start rapping pretty soon. That's <laughs> his go-out game. That's that shop of all. What do you make of his confidence? That's great. I mean, he's a player who there's been a lot made of him the last decade or so. This great champion that's coming. I think that U.S. Open set him back a little bit when he lost to Dominic Team. had some real opportunities there. But he's slowly earning his way of to believing himself that he can win a major. He knows this is a very good opportunity for him without Novak now, not on the same half as Medvedev. Um, he, he's going to have to go through Rafa. It looks like that's going to be the case. Um, he's he's big on himself. You got you got him if you want to win a yeah, major, no, right? Absolutely. John, this isn't your stat of the day, but you've got a stat about yeah. Zverev at majors that factors into no, this. Never never beaten a top 10 player at a major? Can that be right? Crazy. That's wild. Um, sometimes the draw cooperates. Sometimes that's no fault of, of the player. But, you know, I mean, he's he's played deep into majors and he doesn't necessarily have that real signature win yeah. taking down Rafa. I mean, we're still rounds ahead of that, but that that would qualify. Came close uh, against team, winning mm-hmm. winning that yeah. match. But uh, so far, so bad. So we'll see if he can break <laughs> so through. Far, so far, so bad. We'll see if he yeah. can break through here. Day. He's close against well, Novak at the U.S. Yeah. too. Five yeah. sets, right? Oh, a great match, yeah. but didn't get yep. it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. A lot more still to come here on TC Live. When we come back, we're checking in on the Servbot life. How Riley Opelka reached new heights in Melbourne. Don't go anywhere. Shaven Riley Opelka. That must have been taken a little while ago. He's he's got the beard life going on right now. Riley Opelka. Like a son. (laughs) Coming into this match 0-3 against Dominic Kepfer yesterday on the ATP Tour. Beat him in juniors. Uh, But the big man had a breakthrough, John, in this one. Yeah, we don't even have to tell you which player is uh, is which. But this, uh, you know, we talked about this with Zverev, too. Taking care of business. 
going easy on the drama, and this was Riley Opelka as a mature seed, playing well, serving well, composed tennis. 88% of his first serves won. 18 aces, fairly standard, but he, he also had 22 winners off the ground. So we'll, we'll always see the aces, but I think sometimes we uh, give short shrift, no pun intended, to the rest of his game. That's a nice win. First time in the third round here for Riley Opelka. So taking a look at who he might face next, Lindsay. It'll be the winner of this match. Absolute battle between Denis Shapovalov and Kwon Soon Woo. Oh, you're right, Steve. This was a battle, and it was Shapovalov who was able to come through a very tight first set. He thought, okay, he's got this first set under his belt, didn't play great, fought. He'd loosen up not to be credit Kwan, who started playing so well, was dictating play, not easy to do against Shapovalov, was belting winners from the back of the court. Lots of errors, though, thrown in between both players. All of a sudden, one set all. You're thinking, is Dennis going to be able to come through? Kwan continued his great play in the third. Dennis pulling through a tight fourth set. 147 total unforced errors between these two. Dennis was a little bit off, but he found a way to get through this. That hasn't always been the case for the Canadian. 147 unforced errors. So far, so bad? <laughs> well, he got the W <laughs> yeah, he at did. the end yeah. of the day, and that's what counts. So. Wait, and he would lose these matches before, so it's yep, good that right. he came through. Exactly. Four hours, 25 minutes, and I'll probably sleep in the ice bath tonight. Uh, <laughs> John, what, what do you make of Opelka Shapovalov? I, I just think, I mean, oh, Dennis spent a lot of time on court, and we talk about mm -hmm. that next level of a player where they just take care of business. How far has Riley Opelka come? He didn't used to play like this. He also didn't used to look like this. I still can't get over that before <laughs> and after photo, which I, I think says something. Here it is. This is uh, it's like sponsored by Geico. That's the same guy, and not that much time has elapsed. And I think, you know, I mean, we, we can sort of joke about updating photos and facial hair, but I think what we're seeing is there is a real maturity that's crept up into his game. He doesn't get so down on himself the way he used to. And these first-week matches, get through them in straight sets, that's a real sign of maturity. What do you think? Well, it's going to be an interesting match with Shapovalov. Shapovalov, when he returns, he loves to take full swings. You do not have any time if you're playing Opelka. Be interesting to see if it, how many, what percentage of returns Shapo gets into play. He's got to be able to start some rallies off. Got to think that Opelka is going to sneak in a break here or there. Shapovalov served not that consistent yet. Uh, I like Opelka in this yeah. match. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And, and another reason is leftiness. Uh, Opelka, you saw those two aces that he had out wide in the deuce court, landing like six feet in front of the service line. For a lefty to try to get that one back, nightmare. I would serve that serve all day long until some, something happens. And I think Opelka is going to have an easier time holding serve than Shapovalov, and I think he's a favorite here. So let me ask you guys a question. They've never played before. How do you simulate Riley Opelka's game? If you're, you know, Jamie Delgado, if you're coaching Dennis, oh, yeah, here's a seven-footer coming from an angle. How do you practice you that? You stand on a chair. Seriously. Which, you wish I mean, John what? Isner was still in the tournament and still <laughs> sure, around. Yeah. He's yeah. really the only one that could, could simulate that. Yeah, you'll probably see pictures of him standing on his side of the court and, and standing on a chair trying to give him that angle. The trajectory is so different on yeah. that serve. Mm -hmm. The bounce is way high. And again, one-hander, lefty. It's just a really bad matchup mm -hmm. for Shapovalov. We, we have seen uh, 
folks get on chairs yep. to practice. They played right. five years ago in qualifying, so once before, but yep. it, it was a long time ago. Uh, taking a look at some other matchups coming up today. How about Emma Raducanu? Uh, passed the first big test, Lindsay, with that win over Sloan Stevens, but today gets Donka Kovinich, top 100 player. Nothing easy here. What do you want to see from Emma today? Well, it'll be interesting. There was so much hype with that match with Sloan. She knew it was a big match. She knew it was important for her, and she played that match like it was a Grand Slam quarter or, or semi or, or maybe even final. Where's the emotional energy out now for Raducanu? Kovinic is very tricky player, very good player. I, I, Raducanu, though, she knows for somehow as a teenager to manage herself during majors. That's normally a skill that you learn over about three or four years. She's figured it out in two or three majors. Uh, we'll see with Emma. I think she'll be okay in this match. I think she's had enough time to play again at night, almost 48 hours mm. of rest. Um, but she knows she, the, she, this is why she's playing now yeah. for majors. She plays her best tennis in the majors. We don't have that much record, but so far, amazing record in the majors. And uh, that first-round win, I think, will give her a lot of confidence. And now she knows she can play like she did at the U.S. Open because she did it the first match, for the most part. Someone asked her the other day, they said, well, your first time in Australia, what do you think? She said, well, actually, I've been here before she played the juniors, but then she explained that she didn't have the right credential, she didn't have the right badge, or she couldn't go to certain parts of the arena, and she didn't know <laughs> there was a restroom off the court there. So this is really still uncharted yeah. territory for her. Sure. Still just 19 years yeah. old. Uh, from Emma, we go to the veteran, Andy Murray, uh, coming off that big five-set win. He's taking on Taro Daniel. He's never lost a Grand Slam match to a player ranked as low as Taro Daniel, 120 in the world. What do you expect to see from Andy today, Martina? Uh, I, I'm expecting him to win. I mean, Taro Daniel, good player, really good all-around player, but nothing really to hurt Andy with. And Andy should use all his uh, court ability. I mean, he knows where to hit the ball. He's played well, that five-setter, tough physically. But I think he needs to keep the points a little bit shorter. Mm. But I think the match is on his racket. Hasn't won a best-of-five match in straight sets since his return. This he's could be here. a big opportunity today. I think he's, he needs a matchup like this after that long five-setter mm. against Basilashvili. If you were to say you're going to win a tough five-setter and then have a day off and then play Taro Daniel, I think he'd be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, he knows Daniel can play well, but Murray will have some time. He's not going to be rushed. He's not going to be served off the court. He'll be able to find some rhythm out there. I think this is a, a good matchup and, and one that Andy needs coming off such a physical battle. I like his confidence, too. I mean, he's talked about wanting four more titles to get to 50, making deep runs at Grand Slams. He believes in himself. If he does, why shouldn't we? All right, a lot more still to get to here on TC Live. Do not go anywhere. The three experts going to break it all down for you. TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and new customers can bet $1 and win $100 if any point is won. Plus, all customers can play for thousands every day in DraftKings free-to-play pools. Use code ACE. And by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Welcome back to TC Live. I'm Steve Weissman. You can debate whether it's a big three or big four, but if Andy Murray wins today, he will guarantee himself a spot 
in the Big Five. The fifth man in the open era to reach 50 match wins in Australia. Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, and Edberg, the others. You can find great stories like that on Tennis.com, your online source for everything to follow our sport. Right now, David Kane writes about Paula Bedosa, and Steve Tigner has your three to see on day four of the Australian Open. For today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Hey, everybody, I'm meteorologist Nick Koser, and here's your Australian Open weather forecast. Another hot day in Melbourne, a high of 89 degrees. Clear skies and lots of sun. To download the Fox Weather app, go to foxweather.com. Thank you, Nick. Last year, Jesse Pagula's stock skyrocketed down under. So what's in store for the Americans encore in Australia? Martina and Lindsay discuss next. Back on TC Live, Jesse Pagula is feeling good vibes down under. She reached her first major quarterfinal here last year and is back in the third round after a straight set win over fellow American Bernarda Perra yesterday. Pagula was recently on the Tennis.com podcast with Kamau Murray. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. We have the pleasure of having one of the hottest, the most popular American players <laughs> with us now. She's laughing, but it's the truth. <laughs> Jessica Pagula, welcome. Yes, thank you. That was quite the intro. You're kind of like a late bloomer, mm-hmm. right? You know, like when you were 21, 22, maybe some people from your class were having more success. Mm-hmm. But I think the past couple years, you are like on the feared list. Yeah. On the uh, what do you attribute that to? <laughs> I, yeah, I think I was kind of a late bloomer a little bit. And then I had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, so I felt like I never got any momentum kind of, like, getting to the top. I mean, I was always, like, around 200 or something, and I would have some good results here and there, but never, like, consistent enough. So I think really it was getting healthy and getting in better shape because that gave me a lot more confidence on the court that I could last in long matches and, like, week in and week out. So that was definitely, um, I think, helped me mentally. And then mentally I was able to kind of use that to grow the mental side. So I felt like the physical helped the mental, and then mentally I was able to stay in these matches and kind of get that confidence from that. So I think it kind of worked both ways. So tell us about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You know, the last couple of Olympics, you were watching other people represent the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was a different Olympics, obviously, with no fans, but still um, a big one. Tell us about that experience. Obviously, you know, if you ask players if they take Grand Slam title or Olympic gold medal, most mm-hmm. of them would say Grand Slam for sure. Yeah. But the experience is one that people are really curious about and kind of mysterious. Tell Mm -hmm. us about your weeks there. So, yeah, the experience was definitely weird. It was my first Olympics, and um, I think Beth and Raj played in Rio, and they were on our team. So they they definitely said it was different with COVID, just like we had so many forms. Like, I've never signed so many forms in my life. (laughs) Like, we were joking, like, I don't know where this info is going, but someone's got all the info. So, like, but once we kind of got through the entry process and, you know, flew in, got through the flight, got through all the paperwork of getting there, going through customs, and I think we were able to kind of relax and stuff like that. But I think that was just kind of the most stressful part. And then, of course, I think for most of us, really, I mean, obviously no fans, but we weren't allowed to go watch other sports. So that was kind of the 
the bummer for us because, um, you know, it's only, it's like a possibly once in a lifetime thing to go watch, you know, Simone Biles or um, Katie Ledecky or, you know, any of those people would have been really, really cool because you're never going to get the chance. So that was just the bummer. But um, I think it's just such a special experience being with a team, the men, the women, being able to support each other. You know, tennis, it's so individual and kind of selfish in that way where you never get to experience that. So that was, that was really fun. And um, a lot of the gear was nice. We got a lot of really sweet Olympic gear. I think we were actually, that was probably the most exciting part, was trying on like the opening ceremony outfits and getting all the, the really cool USA Olympic gear and closing ceremony outfits. That was pretty fun. It's all about the free swag. I feel you, Jesse. Uh, take a look at this. Year-end 2017, 632 to 21 at the end of last year. Got to that career high, 18 in the world. Got to the quarterfinals, or better, six times last year. Currently the second highest ranked American. Lindsay, what has been the biggest key to Jesse's rise up the rankings? Her health. <laughs> this was a player who just seemed to be burdened with so many injuries. And, and we're not talking about pulled muscles. We're talking about multiple surgeries on different body parts, major hip operation at one point kept her out of the game, uh, among other surgeries. That always seemed to hold her back. And, and for some players, it, it pushes them out of the game. And for others, it gives them a different perspective. And for Jesse, just kept working hard, kept getting finally healthy and was able to kind of string together a couple of seasons yeah. where she was able to build her confidence, not have to take these long breaks, and everything came together also with the help of David Witt and slowly building to what a phenomenal year it was for her last year. I'll tell you two things for her. Number one, coming back from those injuries. And number two, she is from a very wealthy family. She doesn't have to lift a finger the rest of her life. She wants to play. She wants to compete. She's putting in the hard work, and it's really paid off for her. And David Wood has definitely been the, the missing, missing link there, and uh, she's, she's made the most of it. And it's really nice to see somebody that determined to keep coming back and, and the hard work's paying off. So to go from now around the top 20 to the top 10 to the top yeah. five, what can she improve on? This is a huge year for her. And for Pagula, it is very tough that first year where you have to defend a lot of ranking points and already in Australia done a nice job of kind of managing that. She needs a big weapon and she's worked so hard on getting faster, on getting more consistent. She's got pretty short take backs on her swing so she can handle pace pretty well. She's good on fast court. But that one shot, whether it's a serve that she wants to develop or a forehand, the finishing shot would really do her some good to push her up into that top 10 region. If I was to teach a player one shot that's fairly easy to make your game that much better be a slice backhand. Hmm. It drives the opponents crazy. It doesn't take much, but you have to have the right technique, right coaching. I'm sure David can teach her that. You just have to believe in it. And it's a late one to try to bring it into your repertoire. Yeah, you can pick up a couple of MPHs on your serve and maybe hit the forehand a little bit harder, a little bit faster. Hmm. But that hmm. one shot will drive opponents crazy. That's what I would be working on. Slice back in. All right. Put, put, put that in the game. It was a great season on the court for Jesse Pagula. It was also life-changing off the court jesse got married in wow late fall yep. uh fantastic beautiful wedding the biltmore in Asheville, north carolina 
There's the, the, the photo with the pups there. That was a week after reaching the quarterfinals at Indian Wells. Remember, she was like nine days out and yeah. still there? She went, when, when the WTA first came out uh, saying that Indian Wells was moved to October, she was like, oh, no. <laughs> what week? Where are you putting it in October? Because I have this wedding planned, and we'd kind of like to yeah. keep that date going. But um, it is very challenging when something that big is coming up and you're still trying to compete all sorts of props for two, Jesse, for managing to play a year of pro tennis and play at a great wedding. Seating arrangement, the most stressful time <laughs> of my life, of my wedding. But uh, what a great wedding photo with three dogs. Yeah, excellent. Also plays doubles. They're the 13th yeah. seed, Jesse and Asia Muhammad, at the Australian Open. They picked up a title in one of the warm-up events. Listen, you're talking to two players here that'll yeah. say that, especially in women's tennis, with just two out of three sets every other day, play some doubles, learn to, to play different parts of the court well, something that Jessie does. She plays doubles in almost every tournament yeah. she plays, and her and Asia Muhammad are a fantastic team, but there's a lot of good that can come from, from playing doubles. Yep. Talking to the, the legend better, here. Well, it'll make you a better tennis player. Make you, playing doubles will make you a better singles player and vice versa. So long term, you got to think long term. 80 events, you won both? Yes. Yeah. Her favorite stat. 80 That's events, it. singles and doubles. Never been done before. And, and don't throw some with the mix, too. Yes, some. Some with mixed as well. Uh, still to come on the show, Isla Tomjanovic joins us. Cannot wait to speak to her. Got highlights from all the Americans in action. And we get warm and fuzzy with Emma Raducanu. There's Isla. Martina and I are going to have a nice chat with the Aussie number two. Welcome back to TC Live. Day four of the Australian Open. A lot of big matches to get to today. Alize Cornet, Garbina Muguruza meeting for the fifth time. Arena Sabalenka in action. A couple of Aussies as well, including arguably the match of the day between Nick Kyrgios and Daniil Medvedev. Plus, Simona Halep in action as well. Cannot wait to see all of that. As we welcome you back into our studio, Steve Weissman, Martina Navratilova, and we are so happy to bring in our next guest, Isla Tomjanovic, the star of My Tennis Life here on Tennis Channel at a new career high as well in the world. Isla, it's a pleasure to see you in Australia. Uh, before we talk to you about your matches, some tennis stuff, just wanted to kind of get your perspective and the players' perspective in general on everything that happened with Novak Djokovic before the tournament even started. Hi, thanks for having me. And wait, I don't think I'm on a career high, but... Yes, okay. the live rankings. <laughs> the live rankings have you at 37 in the world, a career high. Oh, wow, I did not know that. Congratulations. That's, that's actually going to boost my mood a little bit today, then. <laughs> Thank <laughs> You're you. welcome. Um, yeah, um, as for Novak and the whole situation, you know, I think there was there was so much information going around. I was personally very confused I didn't know what the facts really were. And I think it got really out of hand and, and at some point got away from the tennis a lot. So I was just glad that there was a point where, you know, the tournament started and, and then everyone kind of, you know, let go. And, and there are so many great players that are in the tournament. And, yeah, I'm just I, I don't really know what to take from all of that. 
your ranking is going up, and I think you're very close to getting seated maybe for the next slam if you keep playing the way you've been playing. But you had a rotten draw, played Paula Bedosa, lost to her twice in a row. Uh, she could go far here. But that, the good news is that now you have more time to spend with Matteo. What adjustments have you two made to make it work for you? Because it's hard enough with schedule-wise for one player. How have you managed to do that? Yeah, well, it's always a little bit of a battle when we come to slams because, you know, um, schedule-wise, when, when is who playing? And, and now that I'm out, you know, I'm catering more to his schedule. That's why I'm out here doing this interview in, in the garden and not in the room. Um, but it's just about really compromise. I think there's no right or wrong way to do it. And every, you know, there aren't many tennis couples. So you just kind of figure out as you go. But I think we're just really good about respecting each other's careers and, and helping when we can. And then at the same time, you know, being selfish in a good way that we, we just both focus on ourselves and, and support when we can. Yeah, I think you're the it couple and uh, it shows how you guys support each other, which is great to see. Um, on, on a different note, you had a shoulder surgery five years ago, which is the hardest one for me to, to come back from. What have you learned in your, in your difficult times recovering from that? Oh, I've learned that rehab never stops. And um, in the beginning, you know, everyone was like, listen, your shoulder's never going to really be the same. And you should, you should, you know, come to terms with that and then do what you can with that. And and I, over the years, I, I kind of went away from that. And I believe you can always get better and improve even more. And I mean, I think I'm hitting service faster, not maybe consistently, but I've hit service faster than before surgery. So um, the, the hard work I put in for my body, I think I have a long way to go because I'm, I'm struggling more than I'd like to, but just overall the, the work I put in the gym and, and on the table and, you know, with, with treatment and everything really pays off. So, uh, I have, you know, I had a little bit of a reality check here with that, but I definitely, um, feel optimistic, you know, to check all the boxes and, and moving forward. Hopefully I will, I will definitely get better there. I love, we, we loved following your journey as a part of My Tennis Life on Tennis Channel last year. You're going to be doing My Tennis Life again this year for us. What was the best part uh, of being able to kind of film your life and, and show the world what it's like to be a professional tennis player? Yeah, it was definitely a new experience. I'm, I'm a little bit of an introvert. I'm, I'm kind of shy, but I, I do think I you know, I, there still is a personality to me. So I wanted to show that side of tennis that people don't get to see. They just see the, you know, the playing in a match and then you win, you're happy, you lose, you're not. But everything that goes into to prior to that, I think, is kind of fascinating. And, and could people would maybe see a different side to all of us. Um, and I just wanted to give a little bit more insight into that. And, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing a great job at it, but um, you are. I have another chance this year. <laughs> You've spent a lot of time with uh, Chris Everett at her academy, and I would like to know what wisdom uh, she has given you and what message would you like to send to Chris now in her tough time with her battle with, uh, with cancer? Yeah, Chrissy, uh, Chrissy's been in my corner for such a long time, and, and at this point we are just so close as friends more than anything, um, but she follows my career really closely with, with her busy schedule. So... Um, She's always just believed in me so much, I think more than than I did at times, and, and maybe still she does, you know. Um, she will always text me before before my matches and and just see how I'm feeling. And I always feel like it's always coming first from a side of, like, um, 
not a second mom, but like, you know, it's coming not from a coach, like from a friend and someone really close to me. Um, and in this difficult time, you know, I just, um, it's very emotional for me because I, when I heard the news, it was, it was heartbreaking, but I do know that if anyone can, you know, get through this, this in the strongest way possible, it is Chrissy. And, um, I'm, I'm very, very sad that it's happening, but at the same time, she's bringing so much awareness to this that even, even, you know, I'm getting more educated about it and, and no doubt that she's going to help so many women around the world just by bravely coming out with this and and sharing it with the world. So, um, you know, I, I love Chrissy so much and I actually can't wait to see her when I get back, if she will be in Boca. Yeah, the, the entire tennis world has so much love for Chrissy, and Chrissy has so much love for you, Isla. Uh, what's next for you on, on your tennis calendar? When can we see you on court next? Yeah, I am uh, going back home soon just because I have to do a little bit of rehab and training before Dubai and Doha. So that's uh, on my schedule next. And yeah, I'm honestly, I'm, I, I feel like my results at the start of the year haven't been what I maybe expected going in because I felt really good with my preparation. But um, it's tennis, you know, I, I got a few tough draws and, and didn't maybe... Um, perform as well as I would have wanted but I do feel really good about you know the next few tournaments and actually my favorite swing is also coming up in the states so well not my favorite but just where I like to do well on the hard courts this was my favorite swing but um so yeah I'm I'm just excited I'm excited to to keep working and and I can feel that my game you know maybe is around the corner of of having some bigger wins so that's what that's what gets me excited. Well, we are excited to keep following you on My Tennis Life throughout the year. We wish you all the best this season, and we hope to see you soon in person as well. Thanks for joining us today. Good luck, Ayla. Thanks. Thank, thanks very much for having me. Thanks, guys. Ayla Tomjanovic, the star of My Tennis Life, joining us here on TC Live. You can follow her on Tennis.com throughout the season. More coming up next as we check in on the Americans. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back on TC Live, presented by Geico. What a start to the year for Amanda Anasimova. Picked up her second title a couple weeks ago and just kept it going against Belinda Bencic, LD. Yeah, Steve, who's who? Same That's Amanda. and advisor. There's <laughs> Anasimova. Winning the first set comfortably 6-2, she has looked like a different person and a different player so far this year. It's so great to see her put it all together. She's worked incredibly hard, now has Darren Cahill advising her. And this was a tough match, and a match that Belinda Bencic was not happy to have in the second round. Anna Samoa has been hitting the ball beautifully. She also looks confident. She's also gotten stronger and faster. But I have to say, love the way she closed this match out. Two points in a row, two winners in a row. Third round against Naomi Osaka. Look out for that one. Nearly tripled the total of winners that Belinda Bencic had. Anna Samova straight sets into round three. Uh, you mentioned adding Darren Cahill to the coaching staff. Said he's helped her to stay calm and relaxed. Is this the final piece, Martina? By the way, welcome Lulu, Lulu to the program. Uh, Martina's on. dog has joined us once again. She was like putting her makeup on. <laughs> She's like, we're talking about the Americans? i got to get in here. Do you think that's the final piece for Anna Samova? 
to, uh, to get Cahill on, on the staff? Uh, that, if that doesn't do it, she got no chance. I mean, Darren <laughs> is as good as they get. If she stays healthy with this kind of coaching, this kind of team behind her, she's got the mindset for it. You can see she wants it. So, yes, I would say that's the final piece of the puzzle. Three years ago, she got to the second week at this event, and then sort of life has gotten in the way. It's very nice to see this comeback. We also have to remember other players have sort of supplanted her as the next big thing. First it was Coco Goff. Now we have Emma Raducanu. So she comes back in a much different place in terms of sort of the, the overall sort of pastiche. I, I, that match was – that's a nice win. I mean, that's beating the gold medalist. It looked like – did Benchich get a little chippy in that match? Benchich was not happy early on. But, you know, there, there's, there's no book for how do you get through a parent dying that has led you to right. your sport. And that really threw her back. It was so sad for Amanda. Time heals all wounds. She's now an aunt. That has brought a lot of happiness to her family that was really rocked by the death of her father unexpectedly. She's getting there. She's maturing. She's also quite young as well. She's always been this huge talent, has felt that pressure but she's learning how to manage everything. She also has a great day-to-day coach in Romaine DeRider. They've put in a lot of hard work as well. Then you add in Darren as well. She's getting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Maybe it's this year at the Australian Open. Maybe it takes a little longer, but we see her now on the right path. And for those of us who have followed her the last years, it is awesome to see. And this was recent, too. And a few months ago, I know there were people in her camp saying, look, if you don't want to be here, apply to college. You're bright. You have options. So this turnaround, I think, is quite recent. You mentioned her being an aunt. That's an interesting storyline. Now, she's a superstar. She's only 20 years old. Big match coming up against Naomi Osaka. A winnable match for Amanda Andesimova. How about another American, Madison Keys, coming off a title in Adelaide, trying to run her win streak to seven in a row against Jacqueline Christian. Well, Maddie's recovering nicely from those long matches that she played leading up to this. Christian really didn't have anything to her within the first set. And then some mistakes came into Madison's game in the second set. She was only two of eight in break points, didn't convert. But she won the set, and that's what she hasn't done before. When she didn't play her best tennis, she still managed to hit the big shots when she needed to. And at the end, it was a comfortable win. But, you know, the dicey second set, but she came through nicely. Won 10 of the last 11 points. By the way, Keys won 11 matches all of last year. She already has eight wins this year. Wow. Pretty incredible for Madison Keys. Ali Risk lost to Keys in the final last week, playing former Roland Garros champion Yelena Ostapenko Linz. Yeah, this was one we, we expected Risk to get through this match on these fast courts, but, you know, it, it was interesting to watch Ostapenko. She was missing a lot in the first set, Risk able to get that set under her belt. And then early in the second set, they started going in for Ostapenko. And when we, we know when Ostapenko starts playing well, she can beat anybody out there. And Risk was trying to move her around, trying to keep the ball low. It was a very windy day, especially on some of those outside courts. And that really wreaked havoc with Risk and her shots. Ostapenko started to get confident, had a three-love lead. Risk tried to come back. But ultimately, this is a big win for Ostapenko. This is a Yelena Ostapenko stat line. 36 winners, 36 unforced that errors. That, that's how it goes. That's actually pretty good for her. Yeah. <laughs> when no, it's sometimes it's yeah. 50-50. Exactly. Krajika but won her match, and they said, well, you know, you play Ostapenko next. She goes, do I? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That was her response. <laughs> so uh, Ostapenko now gets a top four seed. But... Uh, as Ranka Svitolina is a yeah, fantastic right. match. Never, never lost to her either. Yeah, that's 4-0 for So that's a, that's a big emotional, mental matchup for Svitolina. That's a great third round. Combat. 
All right, over on the men's side, last year, Aslan Karatsev was the first male qualifier to reach the Australian Open semi since 1977, Martina. Mackie McDonald, though, able to take this first set. Well, Mackie defends so well, and he did it beautifully in this first set, getting on the board and um, putting pressure on, on Karatsev. Karatsev had 107 unforced errors in this first round, five-setter. He had to clean up his game, and he did that just enough against, again, a great defender in Mackie McDonald. But Karatsev, the big hitting paid off for him. And uh, at the end of the day, it was a comfortable three, uh, four set win for Aslan. Yeah, able to cut down those unforced errors in half. Mackie McDonald not able to come through in the end. So Aslan Karatsev defending those semifinal points from last year and doing it well. Uh, the Russian no longer a secret weapon. Everybody knows about the lion, Aslan. Sebi Korda took out the 12-seed Cam Nori John, locked into a long fight with Quarantine Moutet yesterday. A much different kind of match in every sense. This is his first main draw, Korda. 20, what are we, 24 years since Dad won the title, and he's doing the family proud. You look at the scoreline. This is a tight, tight match. Moutet serving for the match, and guess what? He got broken, and that really opened the door for Korda. This was a long, grinding match. Moutet, tricky, 5'9", 150 pounds, so not necessarily matching with power, but look at some of that. That is an angle shot that misses. This is Korda uh, taking the fourth set, and then once the fifth start started, you had a sense that Korda uh, was going to settle, bring his superior power to bear a, a long match. One of those matches you've just got to grind your way through. Not necessarily the cleanest tennis. 67 winners, that's nice. 92 errors is a big number for Korda, but he's got to be really happy that after beating a seed in a much different kind of match, different atmosphere, you can't throw your racket at the ball, Lindsey Davenport. You know that. You can do anything. Come on. <laughs> There's our match point. Nice send-up. That is, uh, you know, it's a long time on court before you... 447 is a long time of match, especially before you have to play Carino Busta, but that is a nice win for Korda. We saw the scissor kick. Yeah, one scissor more kick. time. He's doing it after every win. And after win. almost five hours, that's, exactly. that's, that's impressive. Good, good for him for getting his legs up. <laughs> yeah, he's all good. Corda, Carino Busta, and then Carlos Alcaraz Ooh. taking on Matteo Berrettini. Maybe upset alert down there. First five-set win for Sebastian Corda. What did you learn about him in uh, this that, match? Difficult conditions. I mean, number one, he's on the outside court. Not that much room to work with. Uh, the shadow, you could see it coming across the court. Long physical match. He had a tough one in the first round as well. So great, great win for, for Sebastian to be able to do it in five sets. Yeah, there, there's some huge markers in your career. Mm -hmm. Getting into the top 100, playing a major for the first time. For sure for the men, winning your first five-set battle. And, and how could you do it? A tie break in the fifth as well for Corda to be able to pull through. I think he will also be spending some time in an ice bath yeah. with <laughs> Shapovalov <laughs> to try and recover. But it's absolutely huge for Sebi. He was so disappointed at the U.S. Open when he had the stomach virus and had to withdraw in the first round. And then to test positive for COVID on arrival in Australia. He's done a phenomenal job getting through his first two matches. He's still alive. Now it's all about recovery to get into the, to play well in the third round. When we talk about these levels, one of them is winning your first five-setter in a major. What about beating a guy like PCB, Cranio Busta, who's you know, probably not a contender, but one of those guys is a veteran. He's going to make you work. Beating an opponent like that would be another real step in his evolution. We're going to see some Pablo Carino Busta later yes. in the show. Yes. That's your tease. <laughs> Plus, still to come, look at these guys. Big foe. It's Frankie. January 20th in Australia. 
That's his birthday. Happy birthday, big foe. He's got a big match coming up, taking on fellow American Taylor Fritz. Riding the bike. And Paul Anacone rides the bike. He's got a Peloton in his house, so. Like coach, like student. That's probably a change Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. Nastia Pabs. <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, we'll be right yeah. back. for the Australian Open on Tennis Channel. John was talking about the parlay. We didn't have it yesterday. We, we had these three matches, John, and, and all the favorites parlay. won. We would have, well, they didn't win all win in straight sets. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because if you go back and look at how these matches broke, I'm not sure we would have called them uh, as we did. Quarter five-set tiebreaker, Montfils, who I think we all thought would be the closest match. Breezed. Yeah. So, uh, so who knows? But has this been the parlay that we've been demanding I think we all would be eating steak for dinner, guys. <laughs> the toughest one was Korda. That uh, was, no. yeah. you know, the le- least amount of money you'd make. And then the most, Lajevich. And that was just, They you know, knew. They, they knew. Something. They, they always know. Yeah. Inside Draft information, which fun. we don't have because we're far away from <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> we have our intuition. And it's fun. We've got John's sources. And yep. yours, everybody's got sources. Uh, we're going to break down three matches today using uh, the same sort of parameters. Take a look at this. Stefano Tsitsipas. Against Sebastian Baez, both former junior number one. So that, that if you're taking Baez, you're, you know, Ooh. 100 bucks to get two grand. Kaya Kanepi, she's the, the, the seed killer, taking on Marie Boskova. She's favored there. And then Diego Schwartzman, pretty big favorite against Chris O'Connell. What do you think, John? Um, I mean, the, the Sitsipas elbow, which seems to have disappeared, which is great news uh, for, for him, for anyone that cares about health. But that would be, I mean, that would be one, that would give me pause taking 20 to 1. Um, uh, Kanepi and Buskova have, they are, I think, even 2-2 for their career, so some wins for both of them. And uh, the third match, I, you know, Diego Schwartzman, I think we, the third rounder, it's money. Like live at Chester, I think I'm putting money on Baez. Why not? You know? 20 to 1. Uh, 20 to well, 1. I mean, the elbow, that's, uh, that's the unknown, yeah. unknown, right? I mean, unknown, known. Uh, because it could be one shot that, that tweaks it again, and, and then he can't play as well as he wants to play. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, Boshkova, Kanepi, I think this court really rewards big hitters. Yeah. I think Kanepi is, seems to be healthy and playing well. And, and when she's hot, watch yeah. out. I wouldn't want to meet her in a dark alley. What about Schwartzman's leg, though? I mean, he That's almost true. wasn't yeah. able to finish that last match. I, when it got deep in the third, he pulled through. Let's just see how he is physically. I mean, if, it's a good draw for him, right. but he's got to be healthy to win three, if, three if, sets. Yeah. So let's see how he is. If he can win this match and yeah. doesn't limp, I'll yeah. have what he's having. Yeah. <laughs> Chris O'Connell, by the way, an Aussie, so he'll have the crowd going for him yep. as well. He's never been in this situation, never made the third round of a major. Diego's been there, done that. Look, yeah, it's all about the leg. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Towards okay. the end of that match, he couldn't push off. He was talking to his camp the whole time. He kept grabbing his leg. Injury timeout at the five hand, all the in the shake, third. The yeah. you limped. So I, I just that's that's yeah. a big question, and that's then an opportunity then for O'Connell. We did uh, we did see him on the bike? I'll point out yeah. if you have okay. a bad quad, there are better ways to warm up. So who knows? What is it about Kaya Kanepi that makes her such mm. a giant killer? Fourteen. Seeds, she's beaten the first two rounds of majors. So what is it that she doesn't can't play in the regular tour events? That's what I don't understand. I mean, you've got to put yourself in a position to try and play your best tennis a certain amount of weeks a year. You don't want to go away at 75% of the tournaments you play. Right. She's had a lot of injuries, but this is a player that everybody knows can beat anyone on any given day. She's got great ground strokes. The fast courts are perfect for her. Mm-hmm. She hits a heavy ball. She hits through the court. Um, but I think we need a video camera, like a, a 
documentary crew following her around every year. What <laughs> happens to Kaya Kanepi at other tournaments? I, 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 I agree. I don't understand why she hasn't done better because she is a giant killer in these major events. But most of the time, you know, you don't, you don't really see her. I think overall she's an underachiever with her ability, in my opinion, for her career. Beat Angie Kerber in the previous round, yeah. former champion here. I think, Lindsay, I think you're on to something. The Netflix crew that is working on this drive to survive. I think Kaya Kanepi's <laughs> non-major, well, that, that might end up uh, like, that's a, B, a, a B story. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Kanepi, too, is in her mid-30s. Yeah. So this is someone who's been getting it done for a long, long time. Before Annette Contivate, there was Kaya yep. Kanepi, oh, the Estonia. queens of Estonia. Yeah, Estonia. Uh, a lot still to get to here on TC Live. Here is what is still to come on the big show. Emma Raducanu sitting down on the warm and fuzzy set with Michael Costa. Got all your big highlights from day three and here from Rafa Nadal. Plus, you don't want to miss John Wertheim's stat of the day. Once again, happy birthday, Francis Tiafo. Getting ready to go backstage. We're going to break down his match against Taylor Fritz later on the show. Back on TC Live, time now for our Geico 15-second update. Ash Barty, she is cruising. The world number one has only dropped three games in her first two matches. Top 10 seed Hubie Hercotch is out on the men's side. And USA, okay, went 5-6 and six on day three. Well, in a span of 12 months, Emma Raducanu has gone from a student passing her A-levels to an A-list celebrity. She's been on multiple red carpets. But what about yellow walls? Yep, check that off on our warm and fuzzy set with Michael Costa. I mean, I guess I can speak... A bit of Mandarin, if that's a talent. I think that is cool. Would you? Would, do you want to? Do you want to say something in Mandarin? Do you want to say to me like, "Hey, Michael, that's a pretty cool kit, and I like your slippers." Hey, 你好, Michael. 我不喜欢你的袜子. What'd you say? Hey, Michael, I don't like your socks. What? What is? <laughs> why would you I'm say kidding. such a thing? I'm kidding. I love it. Uh, it's so good. We've got so many of these warm and fuzzy interviews with all your favorite players. Head to Tennis Channel's website and the Tennis Channel app to check them all out. Our top storylines from day four coming up next. Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve back on TC Live, presented by Geico. Taking a look at our daily schedule. The four of us with you every single day for two hours from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. See the live tennis on ESPN+. And then Anacone and Haber have you covered with the encore coverage at 7 a.m. Eastern. Well, John talked about it. The biggest story under the radar in Melbourne. Rafa Nadal going for tennis history. Uh, the Australian Open, the only Grand Slam that Nadal has won only once. That was back in 2009. Nadal looking to become the second man in the Open era and only the fourth man in history to win each of the four major titles twice. Round two against former USC Trojan Yannick Humphman. Nadal has spent 852 consecutive weeks in the top ten, so 148 more needed to catch our Martina. <laughs> What do you think of this match, well, Martina? As Lindsay likes to say, you don't win the major in the first three, but you could lose it. And Rafa's doing great because he won six straight sets, has been 
been really batting practice for him. The only thing where he could have improved, gotten more first serves in, and also break point opportunities. He was only 4 of 16, so this match could have been actually easier than it ended up being. But overall, really great marks for Rafa, moving great. Look at that. He kind of allows you to sleep with the loopy forehand, and then he rips 100 miles an hour down the line. Uh, Huffman did everything he could, but he just couldn't bother Rafa with anything. Look at the angle he gets on that back end. And uh, at the end, just a, you know, run of the mill match, two, three, and four. Humpen, <laughs> Rafa, looking good. Ho hum! Now five and zero oh on the season, isn't it all? Winning today allow me to practice again tomorrow to be ready for for another match. And after two matches, uh, is the moment to make a step forward. No, if not, going to be impossible. And I'm going to try. No, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm excited about the fact that I'm going to be playing in a third round for one more time here. Uh, after <laughs> all the things that I'm going through, I, I don't have uh, big pressure on my shoulders. Honestly, I don't feel it. Uh, the pressure is only uh, to stay healthy and to, to enjoy the, the fact that I am competing again and then uh, give my best. Martini says no pressure. <laughs> Doesn't feel any pressure. <laughs> so something stuck in there. <laughs> okay. I think, it's a, you know, I think it's a sandbag. All right. Uh, yeah, he's always in sandbagging, but he knows he's got a great opportunity and uh, and he's living it up. And there's Karatsev Matarina. I think he gets by Kachanov. He's beaten him uh, four times, I believe. Seven times. Yeah, Sixteen seven and one in sets. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So even more. And uh, Karatsev, big hitter, but Rafa can't handle that. So he must like the draw. Then Zverev is on the outside. Yeah. That's going to be the tough one in the quarters if they it goes that far. Yeah, Hatchinoff, the first top 50 guy that Rafa right. will meet all season. I mean, is there anything you see that Rafa needs to improve, or what do you like so far? The level of competition, mm -hmm. truly, as you said, Hatchinoff would be the first top 50 player, and that, those are the next steps for Rafa. He has to feel good with where his game's at, how he's played so far this year after not playing since last July, but then you've got to step it up, and you don't want to all of a sudden get to the quarterfinal and play Sasha Zverev right. at that level. You want to work your way into it, so it's going to be a great test for Rafa in the next round. He's going to have to step it up. He knows it. He doesn't take anybody for granted, but he knows he's got to just keep on improving day in and day out if he's going to get to 21. I was texting with his team over the weekend, and they said, look, he's come back from injury so many times he's lost count, but this foot injury was different. This really spooked him. So he's very happy to be back out there. He's won all 12 sets he's played so far. Not a top 50 opponent. He'll get one in the next round. I also think that just he seems so comfortable. We didn't show I mean, he was on court with Jim Courier after the match for almost as long as a set. And I think he's really sort of embraced. You know, he's going to be 36 years old. And I think if he's the elder statesman, Novak Djokovic isn't here. I think Nadal recognizes tennis needs a bit of good publicity coming out of this uh, these last two weeks. I, I think he's really in a comfortable place. We'll yep. see what happens when the player on the other side of the net is of a mm. higher caliber. To be fair, who wouldn't want to hang out with Jim for as long as he possibly could? Did you hear what he told him? What he said. I think Jim asked him, like, well, what are you going to do when you retire? He goes, I don't know, whatever you're doing, because you look right. great. Yeah. <laughs> That's Our own Jim. going to come work for Tennis Channel. You know That's Jim it. was fleshing on that. Rafa, you're, wel you're welcome to, to join the family. Come on in. Uh, on the women's side, Naomi Osaka looking for a third Aussie title in four years, playing American Madison Brangle yesterday, Lindsay. Brangle had four times the winners she had in her first match. Which was one winner to get through to round two, but... I think this was a perfect match for Osaka. The first set, she had time. She was aggressive. Like the way she's been moving. She's using her serve well. She loves this court. And this is one of her favorite places to play. A lot of credit to Madison Brangle, who kept fighting and kept trying to find solutions. This was a nice moment when she got on the board. 
win because it was in the next game, Steve. She hit her first winner of this match. This is a player who's been through a lot in her career. She's a very cagey player. Interesting. Osaka. <laughs> I can handle that. But uh, honestly, Brinkle made this match. a good match. She ended up getting up a break in that second set. Osaka was tested a bit, and she came through, won the last three games. But if you're on Team Osaka, you have to love how she's looked so far this year. She hadn't, she didn't play much at all last year. She's fit. Most importantly, she's motivated and happy. That spells danger for the rest of the field. Yeah. 15th straight win in Melbourne. 37 winners, eight aces. Naomi Osaka talked about her mindset after. I think for me, it's like reminding myself that the challenges are fun. Um, because you can, of course, win a match really easily, but I found, like, last year when it was getting really tough, I found myself to be quite aggravated, um, and I, I think that it should be the opposite. Like, when the times get tough, you should find yourself smiling more because you know that those situations are the ones that make you um, tougher and stronger. So I, I would say, like, changes in mindset like that well, Osaka could face top seed Ash Barty in the fourth round. John, after dropping one game in her first match, she only lost two in this one. Yeah, her, her level dropped 50%, you might say. Uh, no, this was all Barty all the time and just zero drama. She has now lost three games in four sets. That's the way to kick off a tournament, especially when it's a tournament you haven't won before, when you're the number one seed, when there's a lot of pressure. Ash Barty was down a set and a break. In Adelaide against Coco Goff two weeks ago. You know what? She hasn't been broken since. Five matches without being broken. That is an, I'd say, underrated serve of Ash Barty. She really got things done. She's going to get a step up of competition in her next match. But, boy, you couldn't imagine a better way to start a tournament again. Last year ended in such disappointment at this event. We've talked before about all the pressure she's under as the, the top seed in the first player in more than 40 years, Australian to win this event. But boy, through four sets, she has looked just terrific. One and one. Faster than her first round. Just 52 minutes on the court for the Aussie. She'll get Camilla Georgie next. They played a three-setter in Melbourne four years ago. Osaka gets that recharged. Amanda Anasimova, who is undefeated so far this year. Martina, how do you evaluate Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka through two rounds. They're both playing great, but uh, Barty just looks really relaxed. I love her shot selection. She knows she can hit this forehand all day long. And when, when she gets a shorter one, then she rips. She just, her shot selection is exquisite. And she just looks so confident. She's moving well. It's hard to find an opening against her. She looks great. Uh, she's one of the few players that actually thinks a shot or two ahead. If I hit this shot, what am I most likely going to get next? So many players are just single-minded out there, but she really is the complete package. Every part of her game she's good at. Best all-around player in women's tennis. John, who underrates her serve? I would say, say, you said somebody, I credit David Loftus. David Loftus said, you know, take Serena out of the equation. Is this the best serve in women's tennis, Ash Barty? Most effective. Most effective. I would yeah. say so, too. I don't, I don't know if anybody. we necessarily think of that. Really? I mean, is, is, is there a, I'll go even further. Is there a bigger weapon in women's tennis than Ash Barty's serve? I would say Osaka's serve. Osaka's when, when serve, but Barty, I think it's all the pieces together. No right. one slices a backhand so like right. Barty either. No one can come to net and finish points like Barty as well. I think the right. serve could, should be judged not just by aces, <laughs> but percentage of points won on your first serve and then also percentage yep. won on the second serve. How, can, how well can you back it up? People say ace, 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 but if mm. you 
don't get surveys is not one, but she, she doesn't have to survey. Right. Or look at her, her statistics. How many times does she get served plus four hands? Yeah, that's that's right. her goal. Yeah. Everything, exactly. Every time she goes to the line, that's what she's looking to accomplish. I'd right. say she's doing it so far this tournament over 80% of the time. Yeah, so no we're, doubt. We're all looking forward to this potential yeah. fourth rounder. I think Anna Samova has a real shot, but I also think keep, keep an eye on this Camilla Georgie match. I think Barty wins. We talk about contrast sometimes, and it, it's tall versus big, and it's veterans versus youngsters. We talk about margin built into game, and we talk about weapons with Ash Barty. That contrasts with the way Camilla Georgie approaches her tennis. Keep an eye on that when they play. Uh, Barty said herself, I just have to realize it's not on my terms against Camilla Georgie yep. some of the times. Right. Uh, don't forget about Paula Bedosa, though, on the women's side. The Spaniard has been absolutely crushing it. Lindsay. She is looking really good. She really does, especially considering where she was last year. This tournament would have so much mental scar tissue for Bedosa. Had 21 days locked up before she played a match and lost. Her game continues to improve. She's really learned how to control matches with her power, stepping in more than she was a year ago, finishing points with aggressive baseline. She's getting more and more tape on her body. We never like to see that, but it doesn't seem to be an issue with her. She's been moving great. She's been picking her shots well. It's, I, I'm looking for, we keep talking about Osaka and Barty. Yeah. How about Keys and Bedosa yes. possibly in the round of 16? Both of them are playing excellent tennis so far. They still have a match to win to get there. But keep your eye on that one also. Makes sense. She was born in New York. Already two bagels in two <laughs> rounds at the Australian Open. Back to the men, Martina. Gael Monfils has been virtually untouchable so far. No issues with Alexander Bublik. Oh, I tell you, he's playing such great tennis. So consistent. And he throws in yeah. that. No problem. I can run that down. But and draws an error. Mr. Consistency, 34 winners, nine unforced errors. I wish he had met Svitolina like 10 years ago. <laughs> she's really rubbed up on him. Well, he's more consistent. He is more focused. And then he never hit the bat forehead. Now he's going for his shots as well. I love the way he's playing. This court rewards speed and pace. And he's got both going on. So really a, a, a very comfortable match with Bublik, who is dangerous. Bublik throws in an underhander there. But... Uh, Monfils on top of that one. When you do that, it needs to be a short serve. Bublik, that was deep. Oh and and, um, like and Gal right on top of it. It needs to be between the legs, Marty. Like Kyrgios, right? No, yeah. we already voted on that, Steve. <laughs> Gael Monfils into the third round for the 11th time at the Australian Open. He gets Christian Garin next. Meantime, the three-seed, Alexander Zverev, also in top form. John hasn't dropped a set and looked really sharp against John Millman. He looked terrific, looked very sharp, shorts notwithstanding. Look at the nice <laughs> touch from the big guy. This is a player who, against Millman, the only time they played before, went five sets. Yeah. It was on clay. It was a real grinder. We talk about evolution of players. Look at time of match and look at getting business taken care of. Millman, a, a tough competitor, a guy that's going to make you fight. Look at this. Here's some more touch of a different variety. Martina can respect the topspin lob from the big guy. Just not a lot of drama in this match. Breaks in every set. Served well, took care of business. He gets a qualifier in his next round. Things are looking very good for Zverev, and this is just a, a routine win, which has not always been the case for him first week of majors. This is a really evolved player for 4 0 it was interesting. He said after this match, hopefully I can hit it even harder in the next match and then the next match and then even harder against Rafa. He said that. So he's still a couple matches away from the quarters, but he's already thinking about Nadal. Well, uh, 
maybe too much confidence. You need to take your time, but you have to plan ahead as well. And he doesn't. He has been hitting it harder off the ground. He's been hitting his serve harder, but he also softened his hands around the net. He's got really nice touch, so he's becoming a better complete player. If you want a manifestation of confidence, did, did you guys happen to can we get that? Can we happen to see what he wore to the press conference after the match? That is it's like his cross-country high school jersey. with self-belief. Uh, the, the, gold jer- <laughs> the gold sleeveless jersey and the multiple gold chains, that is not someone who lacks self-confidence. Past midnight. He's going clubbing. He's, com- he's comfortable. <laughs> he's comfortable. He's going to start rapping pretty soon. It's a go-out game. That's that shop of all. What do you make of his confidence? It's great. I mean, he's a player who there's been a lot made of him the last decade or so. This great champion that's coming. I think that U.S. Open set him back a little bit when he lost to Dominic Team. had some real opportunities there. But he's slowly earning his way of to believing himself that he can win a major. He knows this is a very good opportunity for him without Novak now, not on the same half as Medvedev. Um, he, he's going to have to go through Rafa. It looks like that's going to be the case. Um, he's He's... On himself, you got to, you got to, if you want to win a yeah, major, no, a- right? Absolutely, John. This isn't your stat of the day, but you've got a stat about yeah. Zverev at majors that factors into no, this. Never, never beaten a top ten player at a major. Can that be crazy? Uh, sometimes the draw cooperates. Sometimes that's no fault of, of the player. But, you know, I mean, he's he's played deep into majors, and he doesn't necessarily have that real signature win. Yep. Taking down Rafa, I mean, we're still rounds ahead of that, but that that would qualify. Came close uh, against team, winning mm-hmm. winning that yeah. match. But uh, so far, so bad. So we'll see if he can break through. <laughs> so far, so, far. so bad. We'll see if he yeah. can break through here. He's close against well, Novak at the U.S. Yeah. too. Five right. sets, right? Oh, a great match, yeah. but didn't get yep. it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. A lot more still to come here on TC Live. When we come back, we're checking in on the serve bot life. How Riley Opelka reached new heights in Melbourne. Don't go anywhere. Shaven Riley Opelka. That must have been taken a little while ago. He's he's got the beard life going on right now. Riley Opelka. Like his son. (laughs) Coming into this match 0-3 against Dominic Kepfer yesterday on the ATP Tour. Beat him in juniors. Uh, But the big man had a breakthrough, John, in this one. Yeah, we don't even have to tell you which player is is which. But this, uh, yeah, we talked about this with Zverev, too. Taking care of business. Going easy on the drama, and this was Riley Opelka as a mature seed, playing well, serving well, composed tennis. 88% of his first serves won. 18 aces, fairly standard, but he also had 22 winners off the ground. So we'll we'll always see the aces, but I think sometimes we uh, give short shrift, no pun intended, to the rest of his game. That's a nice win. First time in the third round here for Riley Opelka. So taking a look at who he might face next, Lindsay. It'll be the winner of this match. Absolute battle between Denis Shapovalov and Kwon Soon Woo. Oh, you're right, Steve. This was a battle, and it was Shapovalov who was able to come through a very tight first set. He thought, okay, he's got this first set under his belt, didn't play great, fought. He'd loosen up not to be. Credit Kwon, who started playing so well, was dictating play, not easy to do against Shapovalov, was belting winners from the back of the court. Lots of errors, though, thrown in between both players. All of a sudden, one set all. You're thinking, is Dennis going to be able to come through? Quan continued his great play in the third. Dennis pulling through a tight fourth set. 
147 total unforced errors between these two. Dennis was a little bit off, but he found a way to get through this. That hasn't always been the case for the Canadian. 147 unforced errors. So far, so bad? <laughs> well, he got the W <laughs> yeah, at did. the end yeah. of the day, and that's what counts. So, And he would lose these matches before, so it's yep. good that right. he came through. Exactly. Four hours, 25 minutes, and I'll probably sleep in the ice bath tonight. Uh, <laughs> John, what, what do you make of Opelka Shapovalov? I, I just think, I mean, oh, Dennis spent a lot of time on court, and we talk about that next level of a player where they just take care of business. How far has Riley Opelka come? He didn't used to play like this. He also didn't used to look like this. I still can't get over that before and after <laughs> photo, which I, I think says something. Here it is. This is uh, it's like sponsored by Geico. That's the same guy, and not that much time has elapsed. And I think, you know, I mean, we, we can sort of joke about updating photos and facial hair, but I think what we're seeing is there is a real maturity that's crept up into his game. He doesn't get so down on himself the way he used to. And these first-week matches, get through them in straight sets, that's a real sign of maturity. What do you think? Well, it's going to be an interesting match with Shapovalov. Shapovalov, when he returns, he loves to take full swings. You do not have any time if you're playing Opelka. be interesting to see if it, how many, what percentage of returns Shapo gets into play. He's got to be able to start some rallies off. Got to think that Opelka is going to sneak in a break here or there. Shapovalov served. Not that consistent yet. Uh, I like Opelka in this yeah. match. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And, and another reason is leftiness. Uh, Opelka, you saw those two aces that he had out wide in the deuce court landing like six feet in front of the service line. For a lefty to try to get that one back, nightmare. I would serve that serve all day long until some, something happens. And I think Opelka is going to have an easier time holding serve than Shapovalov, and I think he's a favorite here. So let, let me ask you guys a question. They've never played before. How do you simulate Riley Opelka's game? If you're, you know, Jamie Delgado, if you're coaching Dennis, oh, yeah, here's a seven-footer coming from an angle. How do you practice you stand that? stand on a chair. Seriously. Wish, you wish John Isner was still in the tournament and still <laughs> sure, around. Yeah. He's yeah. really the only one that could, could simulate that. Yeah, you'll probably see pictures of him standing on his side of the court and, and standing on a chair trying to give him that angle. The trajectory is so different on yeah. that serve. Mm -hmm. The bounce is way high. And again, one-hander, lefty. It's just a really bad matchup for mm -hmm. Shapovalov. We, we have seen uh, folks get on chairs yep. to practice. They played right. five years ago in qualifying. So once before, but yeah. it, it was a long time ago. Uh, taking a look at some other matchups coming up today. How about Emma Raducanu? Uh, passed the first big test, Lindsay, with that win over Sloane Stevens. But today, it's Danka Kovinich, top 100 player. Mm -hmm. Nothing easy here. What do you want to see from Emma today? Well, it would be interesting. There was so much hype with that match with Sloane. She knew it was a big match. She knew it was important for her. And she played played that match like it was a Grand Slam quarter or, or semi or, or maybe even final. Where's the emotional energy out now for Raducanu? Kovanich is very tricky player, very good player. I, I, Raducanu, though, she knows for somehow as a teenager to manage herself during majors. That's normally a skill that you learn over about three or four years. She's figured it out in two or three majors. Uh, we'll see with Emma. I think she'll be okay in this match. I think she's had enough time to play again at night, almost 48 hours mm. of rest. Um, but she knows she, the, she, this is why she's playing now yeah. for majors. She plays her best tennis in the majors. We don't have that much record, but so far, amazing record in the majors. And uh, that first-round win, I think, will give her a lot of confidence. And now she knows she can play like she did at the U.S. Open because she did it the first match, for the most part. Someone asked her the other day, they said, well, your first time in Australia, what do you think? She said, well, actually, I've been here before she played the juniors, but then she explained that she didn't have the right credential, she didn't have the right badge, or she couldn't go to certain parts of the arena, and she didn't know <laughs> there was a restroom off the court there. So this is really still uncharted yeah. territory for her. Sure. 
Still just 19 years yeah. old. Uh, from Emma, we go to the veteran, Andy Murray, uh, coming off that big five-set win. He's taken on Taro Daniel. He's never lost a Grand Slam match to a player ranked as low as Taro Daniel, 120 in the world. What do you expect to see from Andy today, Martina? Uh, I, I'm expecting him to win. I mean, Taro Daniel, good player, really good all-around player, but nothing really to hurt Andy with. And Andy should use all his uh, court ability. I mean, he knows where to hit the ball. He's played well, that five-setter, tough physically. But I think he needs to keep the points a little bit shorter. Mm. But I think the match is on his racket. Hasn't won a best-of-five match in straight sets since his return. Could this could be here. a big opportunity today. I think he's, he needs a matchup like this after that long five-setter against Basilashvili. If you were to say you're going to win a tough five-setter and then have a day off and then play Taro Daniel, I think he'd be okay with it. Yeah. I mean, he knows Daniel can play well, but Murray will have some time. He's not going to be rushed. He's not going to be served off the court. He'll be able to find some rhythm out there. I think this is a, a good matchup and, and one that Andy needs coming off such a physical battle. I like his confidence, too. I mean, he's talked about wanting four more titles to get to 50, making deep runs at Grand Slams. He believes in himself. If he does, why shouldn't we? All right, a lot more still to get to here on TC Live. Do not go anywhere. The three experts going to break it all down for you. Back on TC Live. Who's that, John? Who's that, Lindsay? Who's that, Martina? Hey, yes. Madison Keys. Oh, shirt. I like the t-shirt. Yeah, that's cool. Waking up with a little coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get the job. Did you ever drink coffee when you played, Lindsay? I don't think so. Me neither. You? No. Never. That could be hot tea, by the way. Who knows? <laughs> uh, the American matchups that we are getting set to preview in the second round on day four. Taylor Fritz meets. Francis Tiafo for the fourth time on tour. How about USC and UCLA both represented? Stevie Johnson against Yannick Sinner. Max Cressy also in action. And Danielle Collins and DC's own Haley Baptiste. A great shot to make the third round against Madison Inglis. So let's break down that first one. We got the birthday boy, Francis Tiafo. Happy birthday. Taking on Taylor Fritz. It's our Tennis Express head-to-head. And Fritz leads this one two to one. Uh, they have not played since 2019, and Fritz won the last two. They're good friends. There are no secrets here, Lindsay. What do you think? Paris, is that French Open? No. Sorry, I just saw the score. I think it's so tough to play someone you grew up with in the juniors that you're good friends with as well. It, this is this about this generation of Americans. They've gone through a lot together. It's been fun to see them all rise to the top together as well. Fritz has been playing fantastic tennis the last three or four months, but I don't know, Francis, on these fast courts. This is this is exactly where you don't want to meet Francis, on these very quick Australian Open hard courts. What's going to be the difference in this match? I think, well, playing the big points well. I mean, if Francis gets those opportunities, he's got to convert on those break points. He won't get that many. But I like, I like Lindsay's thing. I think Francis is too quick. The courts are fast, and Taylor, I'm not sure he can get in position to his big forehand because of the faster court. Really? I, I think, uh, I was going to say, I think t- Taylor Fritz can line up that forehand, which is probably the biggest weapon either of them have. I just, I mean, there's so much between the ears with this match, not just the fact that they're friends, they've known each other forever, they came up together, but also this is a big opportunity. I, I, unfortunately, it's one of those matches where whoever doesn't win is going to be very disappointed because mm. it's a winnable match. Yep. For both of them, I, I mean, Francis played a much longer first rounder, but... Same time, the conditions have been very nice. Congenial weather. 
I do think Taylor Fritz gets through this, though. If you follow Taylor Fritz on Twitter, you know that he got some extra that coaching. Was no, that <laughs> was amazing. That's worth, uh, what are you talking about? I missed yeah. it. So, worth best three-minute video of your life, this yeah. random dude on Twitter is trying to coach Taylor Fritz. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a video. He needs yeah, to step across with a two-handed forehand. <laughs> and it was amazing. Worth your yeah. while. Yeah. 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 I saw Class, classic Auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Danielle Collins. Uh, she loves playing Australia. Yep. Yeah. Three semifinals on Australian soil. And... Last time she played on to Kanye, beat her in less than an hour. Yeah. What, do, what do we think here? That's the thing. Collins, when she's, when she's fired up, when she's on, she is very tough to beat. She loves these conditions as well. The, the real key today will be the serve of Kanye. She has the second most aces so far this year on the WTA Tour behind Maddie. Right. She's used that serve really well. Collins is a great returner. She loves to put pressure on her opponents. Let's see how many first serves Kanye makes. Mm what percentage of service points she wins. But off the ground, they're starting out of the hand. It's all Collins, but throw the serve in and we'll see. This is really interesting. I mean, Kanye won the juniors the year Danielle Collins won her first NCAA singles title. So Collins is, is four years older. I just think Collins, this court, this site, for some reason, Australia brings yep. out her yep. best tennis. Kanye has a very nice comeback story. But she, she's in her mid-20s, so she's still got time. But she's been through a lot of injuries, a nice first-round win. But uh, I think Danielle Collins takes us. I agree. She's got the bigger game. That's no fun. She's got the bigger <laughs> game. Uh, she loves it here. She loves it here. Yeah. Konya just still not quite enough matches, I think, under her belt overall. Mm -hmm. But nice to see her because she's had to overcome so much. So I'm, I'm yeah. hoping Konya does well, but I'm thinking Daniel will win. Yeah. All right. Uh, time to enter the social net. Other yeah. than Taylor Fritz's Twitter, we had Alex Demonor yesterday. Interesting situation. Middle of a point, loses his shoe. And they don't call a let. That was what I didn't understand. A hat falls off. They give you one opportunity. You take two. <laughs> if it falls off again, you lose the point. For Alex Dimonor comes out of his shoe, and <laughs> they made him continue playing the point. He was waiting there thinking, okay, wait, they're going to they're gonna take oh call two. Uh, no. And then suddenly the ump didn't see it. Automatic left. With, uh, what are they doing? With, with socks the exact <laughs> same color of the tennis ball. No. Did he, he knew, he's like, I got to end this where? point. That's crazy. How can you not play that? Isn't nope. that the rule? You, yeah. Your Shoes, ball falls uh, out of your pocket. Uh, you get one yeah. chance. No and then shoes. you lose the point. And no, they made the players come. play with that on the court. Makes zero sense. No, no shoes, no service. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I give him credit. I give him credit for uh, that's a cell phone. You know, that's, a, that's his own tweet calling attention to it. So uh, <laughs> no. at least he finds the same so humor in it that we do. If he stops playing, he loses the point. The umpire, I want to I right. know who that ump was because that is not... The rule. He won the match. Hendrance. Yeah, that's why he's shoeless. Alex <laughs> Demonor wins the match. Uh, great yeah. little conversation back and forth between Andy Murray and Naomi Osaka. It started with Andy Murray, who said, "Anyone hit the ball cleaner than Naomi Osaka?" And then, of course, Osaka responded to that, retweeted, saying, "Anyone put their heart on their sleeve and fight harder than Andy Murray?" This photo was taken a couple of years ago when they actually practiced together at a tournament in Asia. That was really awesome moment there. And then a nice little go-between. Andy Murray's been awesome on Twitter. The other night complaining Australian TV was not showing Emma Raducanu's match, instead showing two men's matches mm. at the same time. Mm. We know he's, he's a big, big yeah, fan like, of women's tennis and showing it last night. Yeah. All the way through. By the way, Andy Murray hits a pretty clean ball, too. Yeah, exactly. I, I right, think, I'll right. take his shots over pretty much over anybody. This one right here. No, well, let's see. Right here. Oh. Clean, <laughs> clean, clean ball striker. Such a pain in the neck to play against. Of all time. Clean of all time. Mm. <laughs> Andy, start treating the bell, Lindsay. Uh, who do we have yeah, here? Uh, Can you tell? Can you tell by the logo? Even with the mask. Carlos Moya is who we have there. David Witt? 
<laughs> no. We can have a fun no. game. Why don't we just do That's this for a second? David segment? win. Come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> Back on CC Live, presented by Geico, we have reached John Wertheim's stat of the day. Cannot wait. What do you got, John? All right, Mugu time. Our Mugu pick time. to uh, win. My pick, anyway. Um, this is my favorite. Uh, credit to Courtney Wynn, who called this to our attention. So Mugu has won 10 career titles. It's pretty good, right? I'll get you in the Hall of Fame. Eight of them have been on hard courts. The other two, just the French Open in Wimbledon. <laughs> so she's won 80% of her titles on hard courts, but two majors off. Talk about someone who might win this tournament. That would even it out. She does not have Novak Djokovic-type balance when it comes to the sight of her titles, but uh, I think that's uh, a good omen for her here in Australia. That's wild. I mean, she's made the final before. She plays well on hard courts. Yeah, she does. I think Osaka has won like that, too. Seven career titles, four are majors. Yeah, that's pretty good. Where's the numbers there? Pretty crazy. Got her first one at Indian Wells. And she had never won in juniors either. So there's some interesting, good stat. Well, and I mean, also, if we're being honest here, I mean, Mugu spin to the final in Australia, probably ought to have won that title, which would have changed that, but uh, she could use a hard court major. All right. Uh, We've got a hot shot for you, Martina. It it could be the hot shot of the year. Take us through it. I love this. This only happened to me once. Two things have to happen, either backspin or a lot of wind. This guy is an overhead, shanks it off the top of the frame. Karnia Busta takes off. The ball is off to the side. (laughs) Nice. Because it's a single. Then he can run around. And he hits it into the net from the other side, which is completely legal. And didn't, and didn't touch Wins anything the point. either. And you cannot touch the net. You can Well, you can touch the umpire's chair, but you don't want to. <laughs> and uh, he knows this is a good one. I've done it once in doubles, and it was so much fun. But it was because it was windy. Oh, awesome. But to do it on a single, he took off as soon as he saw that exactly. shank. And uh, what a shot. One smart, smart play by Pablo yep. Carina Busta to know the rules. Uh, Muguruza taking on Cornet Sabalenka. How will her serve hold up? Alex Dimonor in action, shoeless. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he'll have both shoes on. Uh, and then Simona Halep at night. But the big one that we've got to talk about, Nick Kyrgios, Daniil Medvedev. It's the number two player in the world and a guy that he's 0-2 against. Nick Kyrgios 2-0 against Medvedev. What's going to be the difference in this match? Uh, major. <laughs> and... Uh... Uh, Medvedev is the number one player in the tournament. Oh, yeah. there comes Lulu again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Medvedev, Medvedev is a better player now, yeah. and he's got to be so confident. <laughs> Lulu, really? What, what, do we, uh, what do we anticipate Medvedev's response to the inevitable, the, the antics, the crowd? It's, what do we think Medvedev's going to do when there's an underarm serve or when there's he's a... He's going to love it, I think. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah. That's what, I don't he's think he's the kind of guy who would be bothered by it. No. Not at all. He's going to feed off it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. With If you're talking straight tennis, I mean, the, the fear of, of Kyrgios is can't, could he last physically in a fifth set, right? He hasn't played much. Right. We're never sure how much he's been training. How What does he have in the tank? I don't know. It's certainly going to be fun. It's certainly going to be watched by a lot of people. Yeah. Quick court's going to be tough to break Kyrgios. But I don't think all the antics will bother Medvedev quite as much as, as they would other players. Maybe not the antics, but the game. Yep. The game is yep. there. He, he can beat anybody. And obviously he's beaten Much different, though, three out of five sets. That's true. Unless it goes three. <laughs> to play that high a level, no, a right. red line at three solid sets against Medvedev, that's tough, too. Guess what? We'll talk about it tomorrow. we got, got two it. hours to you talk got about it. it tomorrow. 
Who's that? Oh, Lindsay, who I is love that? that. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of Nick. TC Live back two more hours, 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Encore yes. coverage, hey. 7 a.m. Eastern. Go, buddy. For Martina, Lindsay, and John, I'm Steve. Oh, and Lulu. Can't forget about Lulu. <laughs> Lulu. Thanks for watching TC Live. <laughs>